0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trainee Sharp, I am your host for this evening. It is a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week. I'm excited about the continuation of our God's Love Languages series, I am excited about everything that God has been doing throughout the series and just the enlightenment and encouragement that has been coming from it. And if this is your first time tuning into Imperfectly Perfect Live, our purpose and our main goal is to encourage others to fulfill their God-given purpose in spite of their imperfections. So whatever weaknesses you have, whatever shortcomings you have, that in spite of those things that you still can feel, fulfill your God-given purpose especially since that calls you, God uses that to call you qualified. A lot of times, you know, in the world, thank you Holy Spirit, in the world, you know, when you don't have qualifications for a job, we don't have qualifications for whatever it is for education or what have you and You basically won't get it. But God is saying those shortcomings that you have, those weaknesses that you have, that is what qualifies you. Why? Because God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So that's just a little bit of sidebar of, you know, what imperfectly perfect is about. I'm excited again to be before you guys and to bring forth um, the continuation of our Love Languages series. And before I do so, let's say a word of prayer so we can get right into it. All right. So there, Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, God, for your presence first and foremost, God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for truly just, God, having your way, God. We acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge, God, who you are. And we thank you, God, for the opportunity, Father, God, to hear from you, God. Let your will be done, Father, God. Whatever it is that you want to say, whatever it is you want to do, Father, God, I move myself, God, that you remove me out of the way, God, and that you would just simply, God, have your way, God. I thank you, God, that every person that will be watching tonight and every person that shall listen in a future, Holy Spirit, God, that it be blessed, God, may um, salvation, may deliverance, may healing take place, God, breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, we thank you, Father God, no technical difficulties, nothing, God, coming in, God, coming in, the Father God, in between, God, your perfect will from being done, so Holy Spirit, we thank you, God, that you be glorified and that you shall be magnified, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right guys. Hey Dr. Pratt. Hi bro. And to everybody who is tuning in on Facebook, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am excited about continuing last week. Last week we were continuing our love languages series and our um our subtopic, our subtopic is just just one touch. Just one touch and For those of you that, and I'm I'm keeping in the mind frame that everybody hasn't been tuning in with this series, I just want to make sure that everybody knows the foundation and what God was leading for me to do with the series. So um, first and foremost, Love Languages, where does it come from? Where are you talking about? First and foremost, Gary Chapman, the author of The uh, Five Love Languages, He wrote a book, five love languages that we as humans, we express and things that we want to receive. So those things are words of affirmation, touch, acts of service, gifts, quality time, five things. Those are the five love languages that he wrote. However, what God was sharing with me when he placed this particular series on my heart is that he's the creator of all things. So this this knowledge, this wisdom that he gave, that he gave Gary Chapman, is it, something that God created, and that's something that He wanted to receive Himself. So God is like, okay, yes, I gave I gave my my child, I gave him this information. However, He's not the originator. God is the originator over everything. So He wanted me to um, start this series so that. We can get a better understanding of God's love and how God um, gives his love. And then once we get a better understanding of God, how God gives his love, then we will know how to reciprocate his love. Then we will know how to reciprocate the same love that God gives, because the thing is. God wants us to know that, yes, it's good that you desire my love. It's good that you desire to be in my presence. It's good that you desire all these things from me. But do you not think that I want those things back? Do you not think that I that I want to receive words for affirmation? That I want to receive touch? that I want to receive acts of service and gifts and quality time? God says, I want that back. This is why God says, I give so that I can receive. Yes, it's better to give than receive. However, the Word of God does not say that it that you should never receive. And see, we will not. And see, this is where the mis um, the miscommunication, uh, misunderstanding comes in. Is that we will think that oh, well, maybe I should keep trying to do it, and maybe I'll I'll get to a place where I'll be uh, better at doing doing it than God. No, we will never, never. Be better at giving than God will. We will never top off how God shows His love, because God loves us unconditionally. We are, we are incapable, <laughs> humanly incapable of of uh, loving others as God. We can strive for it. We strive for that. However, human, our human selves, somebody does something wrong to us. We we don't wrote them off. <laughs> like, we don't wrote them off. So, like, we're we're not capable of doing that. However, we can strive and we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. With God's strength, we can do it. However, in our own selves, we're not capable of doing so. So God says, Show, show them, let me show them how I love. And then in return, I want that to be reciprocated to me. God says, I want that to be um, reciprocated to me. Hi, Courtney. How are you? How are you? Hi, Melissa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, bro. Bro's tuning in, or he was tuning in on Instagram. No, he's on Facebook. All right. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. So let's go over. Now that we know what the five uh, love languages, just doing a quick review of what we've been talking about in this series and where God is leading us. So, we talked about the five love languages. And let's talk about what love is. Love is an intense feeling of deep affection. But in God's sense, it is. It is unselfish, loyal, and benevolent, characterized by or expressing goodwill or kindly feelings, concern for the good of another. This is God. This is God. And you say, "What?" because God is love. And we talked about that um, about uh, two or three weeks ago. God is love. And I'm not going to go into too much details because, listen, we got to continue. If you want to you know learn more about this stuff, watch the replay. We got more. We got more to learn. So God is love. And then we continued on. Last week, we talked about quality time already. And we started last week with just one touch. And the, the word touch, two meanings that I had for you. For the word touch is that touch is to treat or affect in some way by contact, in some way by contact. And then the other definition I have for you is to reach, to reach, to succeed in touching or season with an outstretched hand to and also to establish communication with. So this is tangible, touch can be tangible and intangible. Did you know that? That touch can actually be tangible because we think about touch, we think about it being tangible, right? Thinking about it being a part of our five senses. Taste, smell, hearing, sight, touch. We think about it being a part of our five senses. So when you touch something, we physically touch it. We can actually, that's what tangible is, right? But touch can also be intangible. To establish communication with. To establish, hey sis Teresa, to establish communication with. So when you touch somebody talking about, when you ever heard somebody say, man, you touched me when you sent me that text message. And when you said that I was on your mind and God told me to reach out, when God told you to, to reach out to me, say that touched me, the intangible. You didn't physically touch that person, but what you did touched them by simple communication. Simple communication. And this is why God had led me to talk about quality time first, because quality time is talking about how do we spend time with God? Prayer. Prayer is our communication with God. Ah, (laughs) Teresa said I'm coming to the Facebook side. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, Yes. So touch. Touch is, my God, it can be intangible and tangible communication prayer is our communication with god we talked to, to talk to him the first thing in the morning talk to him in the noonday, talk to him at night that is our communication all right i want to be keep teaching about things i already taught about let's continue thank you holy spirit He's there. all right move on move on <laughs> um all right so then we got into some examples. This is this is the meat of what we talked about last week. Then we got into two examples, three examples God gave me, but we talked about two of them last week. So we were talking about examples of just one touch with Jesus. The first example that we talked about was Jesus healed Jairus, synagogue official. He was a synagogue official and he um, Jesus healed Jairus' daughter. So those uh, scripture references you can find in Matthew chapter 9, verse 18, 18 through 19 and verses 23 through 26. And also Luke 8, 44 through 42 and verse 49 through 56. Both in the Amplified about Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 through 22. And then Luke 8, verse 43 through 48 in the Amplified Version. So those particular examples of what God was just showing of how these particular, these two uh, healings happen simultaneously. What does simultaneously mean? They happen with, within a minute, so within minutes or hours of each other. They were all happening at the same time. Jairus, was, he went to Jesus. He went to Jesus. I'm paraphrasing right now. Jairus went to Jesus. He was desperate. We talked about desperation that when you truly want a a touch from Jesus, when you truly want change, when you truly want something to happen in your life, you're going to be desperate and you want to do with anything that is necessary to ensure that you receive your healing, to ensure that you receive your breakthrough, to ensure that you receive what it is that that touch that you need from Jesus, whatever it is, you're going to do it. Jairus went to him. His daughter was 12 years old and she was dying. And on the midst of Jesus and Jairus heading to Jairus house so that Jesus can uh, lay hands on his daughter in between comes the women with the issue of blood. She comes in and she gets through the crowd. I mean, these people were pushing, pushing, trying to get a touch from Jesus, trying to get his attention she gets through and touches the hem of jesus garment and last week we talked about in that particular passage. we talk about and it says talk about the tassel the tassel you think about the a tassel think about something as, as simple as a string on the end of jesus robe a simple string and she touched it and jesus said in his word he said i felt the power come out of me with that just, oh rabasti. I felt the power come out of me with just that simple touch. She didn't grab Jesus' legs. She barely got a simple touch, but she touched the, the, the thread of his garment. And he said, her faith is what got my attention. Her faith, because when you all oh, Rabbi, and that's what we're going to get into um tonight. When you touch, yeah, you see when you have desperation, and when you when you t- give a touch to God, it's intangible, right? Because we can't physically see God. And we can no longer physically see Jesus. Why? Because Jesus seated on, a, seated on the right hand of the Father. However, there are ways that we can still touch Him because we have learned, this is why the Holy Spirit took me this way, that we have learned that it's tangible and intangible. And I'm gonna keep saying it as the Holy Spirit leads because we learn that we can touch God with our communication, the intangible part. That's what we're gonna get into tonight, right? And just that one touch in the physical sense Jesus made them whole. He healed. He healed them because of their faith, because of their persistence. God, Jesus healed them. And before we continue on with how do we touch God, let's talk about another because we didn't talk about um, these two, this last example last week. We're going to talk about how Jesus healed the two blind men how Jesus healed the two blind men. So let's go to Matthew chapter nine. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew chapter nine, verse 27 through 31. And we're gonna be reading from the Amplified version right now. Hi Nia. Ah, yes, Teresa, she made it over to the FB side. She said, (laughs) hi Nia, hi Nia. Welcome, welcome. So, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 31 in the amplified version, and it says, As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him. So, this is after because remember, I said earlier, these all three of these, and the only reason why I, I ended where I ended last week, because that's where the Holy Spirit let me. But all three of these miracles happened simultaneously, one after another. So after Jesus after Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood and then healed Jairus daughter right after he healed Jairus daughter two blind men. So I'm going to read a little bit up. Um, I'm going to start on verse 25. He said, but when the crowd had been sent outside, Jesus went in and took her by the hand and the girl got up. The girl is Jairus daughter and the news about this spread throughout all that dish- district. Verse 27 says, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him screaming loudly, have mercy and compassion on us, son of David, Messiah. When he went into the house, the blind men came up to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe with a deep abiding trust that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, your trust and confidence in my power and my ability to heal, it will be done to you. And their eyes were opened and Jesus sternly warned them, see that no one knows this. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout their whole district. My God, my God. So as you see, and this is the thing that blessed me about the two blind men is that number one, they were blind. So they couldn't, rabasi, thank you, Holy Spirit. They could not physically see Jesus. Oh, sarabasi, but they had other senses, right? They were able to hear what was going on. They were able to, oh, rabbi, see, they heard, they heard the commotion, Oh, rabasi, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, rabbi, see. they heard the commotion. They heard They heard the news because as you can see, at the end of each one of these miracles, Jesus told them, do not, do not tell anybody about what I have done. He said, do not tell anybody what I have done, right? But did they listen? No, they didn't. They didn't listen. And then the end of it said, and then the news about this spread throughout all that district. So they kept going out. They kept going out to all across the land after Jesus told them, do not, do not go and spread the news. However, they didn't listen. So because the news was spreading, because, you know, just think about it today. You know, Jesus said, don't tell nobody, but you put it on Facebook, you put it on Instagram, you, you go on, you send a text message, you, you got group chat ha- um, happening all throughout the DMs and all of that. And Jesus like, I told you not to tell him about it, but you couldn't contain, you couldn't contain yourself. You couldn't hold it in or how he's been, how he blessed you or how he delivered you or how he made a way out of no way. And just wanted to spread because when she, when you feel a touch from Jesus, you want to shout across the mountaintops. You want to shout across and tell the world what Jesus had done. You don't want to keep that to yourself. And if you do want to keep that to yourself, it's something wrong. It's something really wrong if you want to keep that information and that and you know just what Jesus has done to you and so the blind men they were able to hear this great news hear this great news and so they continued and they screamed out so they couldn't see what Jesus they couldn't see where Jesus was at so they they said, they knew they had to scream so that Jesus were recognized, so that Jesus were recognized who they were and what what they needed. Listen, when you're desperate, you don't care how crazy you look. You don't care if everybody hears you. You don't care if you got to push through the crowd. You can't see nothing. Listen, I don't care what I got to do. I don't care if I got to fall on this floor. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to do what is necessary. I'm going to cry out because Jesus, I need a touch from you. They could not see, but they screamed. They screamed, have mercy and compassion on us, son of David, Messiah. And when Jesus saw who had got their attention, he said, do you believe with a deep abiding trust that I am able to do this? And what was their response? Yes, Lord. And then Jesus touched their eyes and then their eyes were open. See, the wonderful thing about these three examples is that they believed before it happened. basi, that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for with the evidence of things not seen. To believe that she will see, and I talked about this last week is that, that God has been dealing with me with my faith level because, um, because there's a difference between, between trust and faith. There's a difference between trust and faith is that a lot of times that, oh Lord, I trust you, but God is like, I know you trust me, but do you have faith in me? I know you trust me, but do you have faith in me? Be like, Trey, what are you talking about? Because God revealed to me that trust is based on what you experience. But faith, is based on what you believe, even though you didn't see it happen. See, it's easy. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's easy to trust somebody. It's easy to trust somebody when they have already proven to be trusted how are you able but it's harder to have faith when you don't even know what result you're about to receive you have to have hope you have to say t- you have to take a chance you have to take a chance on something that has yet to be manifested it's easy to have trust it's easy to have trust if you already experienced it but what about the faith? Faith will cause you to look crazy. Faith will cause you to do some things that you never thought that you would ever do. Faith will cause you to be desperate. Faith will cause you to give money, amount of money when you you know that you only have a certain amount in your bank account and that money should be used to pay your bills. But God tells you to take that money and give it to somebody that's in need. And you like, God, well, I'm in need. You asking me to give money the last that I have. And I need that money. That's what faith is, but you give it, why? Because you believe that God is gonna come through. You believe that no matter what, God is a provider, right? And the enemy is not gonna tell you to get, listen, the enemy is never gonna tell you, or us rather, to give money, the last of what we have. He's never gonna do that, why? Because the enemy is all about self all about stuff. He's like, why are you worrying about them? Why are you trying to give them money? You know, you got bills due. But if God is telling us to give it, it is for a reason and God already has plans in order. So he's telling you to give it. He already has a plan on how your bills are gonna be paid. Why? Because God is the ultimate source. So it's no reason why we should fret. It's no reason why we should worry because God has it all under control. And trust me, when I'm speaking to y'all, listen, God has been dealing with me. I'm not gonna sit here and act like it's not a work in progress. Every single day, it is a fight to have faith. It is a fight to keep believing. It's a fight that even when I don't see things happening to keep saying, Lord, I believe, not Lord, I trust because listen, yes, I trust God. But do I believe? I trust God, why? Because I know that he has already done it. But I believe, do I believe that he will do it again? Do I believe that he will do it again? What is that song tie tribute? If he did it before, he will do it again. Same God back then, same God right now and in the future. If God did it for you before, that's your trust, right? Now, do you believe that he would do it today? Do you believe that he would do it tomorrow? That's what God is wanting for us to do. He wants us to go beyond our thoughts, go beyond our our mindset and change our mindset and actually believe that, oh my gosh, that when God says he'll do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think, he wants us to actually believe that, not to just say it out of our mouths, but to actually believe that. Because believing and confessing go hand in hand. We can't believe and and, and not confess. We can't confess and not believe. They go hand in hand. That's why when we receive salvation, it says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that he is your Lord and Savior, that he died for our sins. And then you accept them into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Believe and confess. So if you believe it, you speak life, right? You're not just speaking things that you don't actually believe. Why? Because God knows our heart. And a lot of people like to throw that scripture out there that, oh, God knows my heart. You're right. But what's in your heart? what's in your heart? If God knows your heart, then what's in your heart? Yes, yes, Brother Kevin. Same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. I know that's right. God knows your heart. What's in your heart? Is it doubt? Ooh, sarabasi. Is it unbelief? Is it worry? Is it fear? Is it pride? What's in your heart? We can't just be throwing these scriptures out here, y'all. Do you not know who Jesus? I didn't expect the Holy Spirit to take me here. Do you not know that ev- that when we are seated because every person every person that God has created that has has had a a, a position here on earth, whether dead or alive. When we get seated before, whoo Jesus Christ, when we get seated before him, we are gonna be held accountable for every thought, for everything that we have said out of our mouths. So we have to be careful about these scriptures that we just throwing out there and not actually using them for what what context they are actually in. If you're gonna speak the word, Understand it and actually speak it in the right context. Don't just speak it just so that it can be um, be, um be fitting for yourself or be beneficial for yourself. No, speak it for what God intended it for. So we have to, we need to speak life to our situation. Speak life, believe it, confess it. And then watch God do it. Don't go back. Don't oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't go back. Don't go back to, you know, once you speak it, and once you say, God, I believe. If something happens that, that is contrary to what to what God has already promised you, don't say, man, I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't I don't think it's gonna happen, man. I, I know what God said, but. I didn't get the job. What did God say? It goes back to that. What did God say? Because God, last time I checked, God's promises are yes and amen. What does amen mean? So let it be. So let it be. That's what amen means. God says, yes, and so let it be. Holy Spirit, have your way. God's promises are yes, and so let it be. So let it be done. God doesn't go back on his word. God is a man of, of his word. Just like the song says for Maverick City, a man of his word. He doesn't go back on it. We, we as human beings, flesh, we go back on our word. We can sometimes be a dumb-minded man, unstable in all of our ways. But God, he never goes back on his word. If it doesn't come to pass, whose fault is it? Ours. Why? Because we've allowed our doubt, we have allowed our fear, we have allowed our pride, we have allowed our worry, we have allowed our anxiety to cause us to miss out on our promises. And we have to We have to get better at that, y'all. We can't sit up here and be disappointed when, when God's promises don't come to pass and we get mad at God and God is like, I did my part. God is like, I did my part. I led you. I gave you the tools that is necessary. However, you didn't follow. However, you allowed the enemy to get in your head. You allowed yourself to be persuaded by the physical, what I about see? Can be persuaded by the tangible. But this faith is not about the tangible. Faith is about the intangible. The substance of things hoped for and the evidence not seen, of things not seen. So God is not talking about, when he talking about touch, touch is not about, and yeah, God allowed, God wanted me to show the, the first part. The tangible. Why? Because as, as humans, we need to understand in our human mind. We need to be understand things that we can't see, right? We need to be able to understand things that we can. I'm sorry, thank you, Holy Spirit. We need to be need to be able to understand things that we can see, so that we can get understanding of things we can. So Jesus, being the greatest teacher of ever walked this earth, hands down. He knows how to get our attention. He knows how to break down a word. He knows how, what will make us um, understand. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's still hard for us. Why? Because we can't get beyond ourselves. But the more we draw closer to God, the more we get about an understanding of who he is. The reason why we don't understand is because we don't have a relationship with him because God says, my sheep know my voice. And God says, abide in me and I will abide in you. What does abide mean? Draw close to me. Dwell with me. And I will dwell with you. you not, God is not going to tell us his secrets. God is not going to tell us his plans if we don't have a relationship with him. We have to be show God that we can be trusted. We have to show God that we can be trusted. God has already proven to us that he can be trusted. He created us. I mean, what more God, can God do to prove that he can be trusted? Huh? <laughs> Thank you, bro. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, I don't know about all that, but okay. <sighs> what more does God have to do? What more? To prove that he can be trusted. My God. What more? Let me put this uh, this topic on here so we can know where we're at. So again, we're talking about just one touch, just one touch. So let's get into the part two of this of tonight's podcast. I inspect the Holy Spirit to take me, to take me that way, but thank you, Holy Spirit. So we know how how Jesus touched us tangible, right? Let's get into the intangible. How do we touch God? How do we touch God? intangible. We talked about touch also being a way of communication, a way of communication to establish and communication with, that's what touch also means. I I love finding definitions of words, why? Because these are words we use on an everyday basis. However, just like how the Word of God, right? We can read scriptures and know every scripture in the in the book, in the greatest book ever written. However, do we actually know what they mean? Do we actually know the context of the scripture? Do we know the history behind it? Do we know what was happening when when the author of of that uh, book wrote those scriptures? Do we? Do, Having an understanding, because when we get a better understanding of God's word, then we know how to apply it to our lives. Because a lot of times people think that, hey, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing in there that applies to my situation. Nah, that's a lie. That's a lie. Everything that God wrote in his word, everything God wrote in his word. This is the manual. This is the manual. It's not one thing in this word. It's not one thing that God left out. Why? Because God thought about every situation that we were gonna go through. God thought about us. And although it may be a different time, just like the saying says, there's nothing new under the sun. That's true. Yeah, it might've been a different time. They might've spoke a different language. They might've had different lingo. But they still experienced it. And we can learn from God's word, the manual. Listen, they make, when you think about manuals, you think about cars, right? Think about how cars have manuals. All cars have different, the outer have different makeups, right? However, the first person that created the automobile. They had the blueprint. And from the blueprint, they were able to create an automobile. So now everybody else who creates an automobile, automobile now, because that first person was the inventor, meaning the creator of the automobile. So now everybody else, they take the blueprint and then they tweak it and it takes this out and they say, oh, OK, uh, I don't think I really like that. I don't think I want the engine to do that. So I'm going to take that out and I'm going, you know, put something else in and make it drive faster. Or I'm going to take this out so this can be more efficient. And I'm going to change the outside so that it can be wider. Or I'm going to change this so it can be smaller, so it can be more of a sports car. They're able to take the blueprint and tweak it and make it their own. But in order for them to even make the automobile, they had to have the blueprint manual, different people, same situation. It's all about how you look at it. God thought about us. God thought about us. So how did we touch God? The intangible. Number one, prayer. There goes that word again, prayer. Prayer. Prayer, nothing nothing more intangible than prayer. That's the communication with God, talking to God. That is that is how we're gonna get God's attention. The more we talk to God, the more we we extend and make our petitions known to him and not even petitions are requests, but not even making our petitions known to him, but just going to God and saying, Lord, I just want to sit in your presence. Lord, I just want to be before you. I thank you. Getting ahead of myself, but I thank you, Father, for waking me up. God, I thank you, God, for allowing me the privilege to be in your presence because you didn't have to grace me with it, God, but you did. And not treating not treating the fact that God graces us with his presence as, as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Holy Spirit. Not treating it as, as something as, um uh help me, Holy Spirit. As something that is due to us. Another word I'm going for, but we're gonna stick with this. Something that's due to us, that there's something that is owed to us. God doesn't owe us anything. He does not owe us anything, but he desires. He desires to be with us. He desires for us to, to dwell in his presence. But we have to have a desire. God is saying, listen, this is why God created us in the first place. If God, ooh, rabbi, see, I think I touched on this before, but it, it bears repeating. If God, if God just wanted people to just, you know, uh, freely, worship him all day he just would have just left it at the angels and just left it alone because the angels do it automatically they they i mean they do it morning all throughout the day because that is the angel's makeup but god created us because he wanted us to choose to choose to worship him, to choose to praise him, to choose to talk to him, to choose to read his word, to choose to be obedient, to choose to make a decision, to make a choice. That's what God has given us free will. Cause it's one thing, it's one thing for us to just be automatic because that's kind of like a robot. Just automatically, just like, you know, worshiping God. And there's nothing wrong with it. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But it's another thing for us to be faced with all these oppositions, let's be faced with all these distractions, let's be faced with all of these things that are pleasing to our flesh, right? However, even though we could you know, allow ourselves to give into that temptation. We choose to follow God. We choose to pray when we wanna sleep. We choose to go to church when our flesh wants to go to the bar or our flesh wants to go have sex with somebody when we are not married. Yeah, going there. Making the decision. To go to our our sister friend's house when our flesh is hot instead of answering that phone call of somebody that you know you can get, get off with. Why? Because you choose God. That's what touches God when we choose him over everything else. When we choose God over everything else, That's what is touching to him. To know that we have we had all these options, but we put God what first? The word of God says in Matthew six thirty three, it says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. When we go to God first in prayer, he will. Add everything unto us, all things, all things unto us. Let's go to Psalms 5, verse 1 through 3. In the Amplified Version, and it says, Listen to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning and sighing. Heed the sound of my cry for help. My king and my God for to you I pray. In the morning, O oh Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will prepare a prepare a prayer and a sacrifice for you and watch and wait for you to speak to my heart. This is David speaking. How David is just like, Lord, before I even hear your voice, I'm offering up this adoration unto your name. God, hear my cry. Listen to my words, speak to me, O Lord. I'm offering, I'm preparing a prayer and a sacrifice. And he says, I'm gonna watch and wait for you to speak to my heart. How many times have we prayed and wanted God to just talk immediately? For God to answer our prayers immediately, it's not going to always happen that way. A lot of times, it's not going to happen that way, because even if we can hear God speak, it may not be the season for for the promise to be to be manifested. But God will speak and give you direction toward toward how that how you can uh, prepare yourself so that you can be in a position to receive. A lot of times we want things to happen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And this is what God was saying to me. A lot of times we want things to happen in our lives, but we're not in a position to receive, which is going to lead to the next scripture in a second. A lot of times we want things to happen in our lives, but we are not in a position to receive God's promises. We're asking things from God that we are not equipped to handle. And because God is our heavenly father and he has a father's love, any great parent is not going to give you something that you are not ready for. They're like, no, you're not ready for that yet. I'm going to hold off. But we're too eager to get to the next level. we too eager to receive what's next because God, yeah, a lot of times God will let you know the full picture the end result, but he only tells us a lot of times that that um, an end result so that we know what where God is headed. However, we can't be so eager to get there. Why? Because it takes a process. It's a process. There are steps that we need to take that God will take us along this road in order for that to come to pass. So prayer, David is one of the one of the greatest psalmists that ever wrote in the book of the Bible. So we know, huh, we know how David cried out and how David was preparing himself to be in a position to receive. So let's see what happens when you don't put yourself in a position to receive. Let's go to James four, verse one through three in the NIV version, that's new international version. James 4, 1 through 3, and the NIV, and it says, uh, there we go, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Oh my God, my God. (laughs) I said, all right, Holy Spirit. huh, It's a you desire, but you do not have. So so just like a like a, a a toddler, sometimes they have tantrums, right? So you don't get what you want. So you act out, you kill, you steal, you slander other people that may be receiving the promises of God in that season. However, you didn't know what it took for them to get in that position, for them to be in a position for them to receive. They could have been in the the very right of, you know, not following God as they should. But now they finally surrendered. Now they finally said, all right, God, I'm going to do it. Do it your way. And now they're ready to receive. But because you're so busy focusing on everybody else instead of worrying about the path that God has for your life. Now you want to act out and have tantrums. Cause you're like, God, that's the same thing that I wanted. Then you coveting. Oh, rabbi see. It says, let me go back. It says you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And sometimes we don't get what we desire because we didn't ask. Word of God says, ask. X, I'm sorry, X, and God will answer. Knock and the door will be open unto you. Seek and you will find. If we don't ask God, God won't give us the answer. Because God wants to see. God wants to see if we're being trusted. He wants to see how desperate we are. He wants to see if we're desiring what he desires for us. My God, so we have to watch. And verse three says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. What are your motives? Are you asking so that you can get these things for yourself? Are you asking so that, yeah, because I think I talked about this in another podcast, but God doesn't mind blessing us. God desires to bless us. God desires to bless us. But our desire is that when God blesses us, that we're not so attached to what are the blessings that God has given us. That if God tells us, Ooh, if God tells us to give it away, they'd be like, wait a minute, God, what you talking about? I just got this. I was watching y'all. I was watching Pastor Michael Ty in a series, um, Oh my gosh, what is the name of that series? I was just watching this. I was watching this series of Pastor Michael Ty, he is the pastor of a transformation church. And he was talking about how when he first became the pastor for Transformation Church, and how how God was dealing with him with dealing with him with his faith. And he's like, Listen, if you want, if you want to see me do huh, exceedingly and abundantly, if you want to see. Miracles, signs, and wonders, I'm going to challenge you on your faith. And so him and his wife had just got newly got married and all of that. And so God had blessed him with a car. No, no, no. He already had a car. Excuse me. He already had a car. I'm going to get the story right. He already had a car, nice range Land Rover. And God told him to give that Land Rover to this young man But he didn't have no backup He didn't have no other car And he, they live in Oklahoma So it's not like in Philly when we got Scepter, you ain't got no car You know, and back then they, they have no Uber and Lyft I mean it wasn't that long ago But Lyft and Uber was, has not been that long Established, it's been about a good Five years, you know, now But they didn't have that so if you imagine giving up your car and, and living in a city where like, if you don't have a car, how you won't get around? He gave it up. And then this is months down the line, somebody blessed them, you know, with a car to borrow, not have, but borrow so that him and his wife can still, you know, he's the pastor of the church. Yes. Yes. He was a pastor of a church, so you know was able to still get around. He didn't own it; it was in the car. Was a oh man. The car was a a a, a minivan. You know those <laughs> those white those white vans. Those ones they kind of they call the ones where uh the sniper van. That's basically what he had. The ones just like kind of skeptical. They open the van. You like wait a minute. Like where you pulling up from? He had that van. And then afterwards, months later, God used a man of God, a car, somebody called him from a car dealership. And he said, God told me to call you about a car. And so he pulled up to pulled up to his house in this really nice car. <laughs> and a really nice car. Yes, Courtney. She said, he said, I know that many were able to test for him. Listen, a test for all of us. Listen, okay. So he said, "God, the man, the car salesman pulled up with this nice car, black on black. And listen, when he said on black on black,' I mean, I'm listen, Lord, you know my desire, black on black Cadillac. That is my desire, and I'm believing God until it come to pass. Thank you, Jesus. Asking, I will receive, Holy Spirit. Thank you. So." He said, man, he said, man, this car is nice. He said, who car is this? The salesman said, it's yours. <laughs> he was like, mine? Brand new car. Cool up, Didn't have to pay for it. No, no, um, uh, no car note, no nothing. Brand new car. This is the kicker. God told him, he said, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you drive this car for a little bit, but you're going to get this one away too. <laughs> but he did make him do it right away. So then afterwards, you know, must go by and a family member needed a car. That's, you know, God says, give that car to them. My God, he like God, he thought God was going to forget about it. But lo and behold, before another car, he gave that one away. Then God had blessed him with another car. And then he was about to, no, this time, another time, the next time God told him to buy, buy a new car, $100,000, buy a new car. And he was like, (laughs) $100,000? And so he thought that God was going to work the same way that he did before. Because remember, he gave away a car. God gave him a new one. Then gave that car away. God gave him a new car. This time, God says, buy a car. $100,000. He was on the phone with the car dealership. And he was like, he was letting them know. He's like, listen, not hundred thousand. I think it was ten thousand. I'm sorry if I misquote. Nick, go back and watch it for yourself. Listen, we just gonna get to the point. So he calls the car salesman. He's telling him everything. The car salesman's daughter hears him. hears him talking over the phone. Here's the story about his family member and everything. The daughter says, I heard everything that y'all were talking about. I just got this new car and I'm gonna give this to her. He didn't even have to get, he didn't even have to buy the car because the daughter already had a car and she gave it to his family member. But in the end, God says, he said, I already had a plan. But I just wanted to see if you was going to trust me. I just wanted to see if you was going to believe. I just wanted to see if you were actually going to make the sacrifice that was necessary. (laughs) And be obedient to me. This is where prayer comes in. This is where God is, is trying to take us. Where's your motives at? Is your motives to get things for yourself? Or is the Lord, let me be, let me be a flowing river of water and not a reservoir. A reservoir is keeping everything in. But if I am a river, it flows. God, move how you want to do in my life. Let me not try to keep keep everything to myself. Let me not keep all of these blessings to myself. Because God, if you bless me, let me be blessed to be a blessing. Wherever, God, you lead me, wherever, God, you take me, wherever, God, whoever you want me to speak life to, whoever you want me to touch, God, I am willing and available because I am your humble vessel. Why? Because we can't take these tangible things with us. When we leave this earth, we can't take none of this. The house, the cars, the people, if you're married, your, your spouse, you can't take none of it. Your children, you can't take none of it with you. You can't take those fresh jays. You can't take none of it with you. The money that you're making on your job, you can't take none of it with you. The tax money that you're receiving, the stimulus money, you can't take none of it. So why are we holding on? I'm talking to myself too. Why are we holding on to this tangible stuff when God says, it's not about the tangible. Where's your heart at? It's about the intangible. It's about your relationship with me because when you're seated in front of Jesus Christ, the judgment, oh, Rabbi, he is the judge. When you're seated in front of him, none of this is gonna matter. What's gonna matter is what you did for me. Where was your heart at? And not just doing it, saying I did all these things in your name. No, where was your heart at? Where was your motives like? What was your motives? That's why the word of God talks about the two commandments, love God and love others as we love ourselves. We can't sit up here and say we love God and we sit up here being selfish. Because God wants us to be a giver, to be a giver. So wherever wherever God tells us to let go, let it go. Why? Because God has something better. We gotta open our mindsets, y'all. If God trusts and believe, if God is telling you to give up that stimulus money, give up that tax money, trust and believe, and it might not come back. Let's put that out there. It might not come back the way you gave it, just like he test, tested Pastor Michael Todd. He was like, all right, no, you think you're going to get this new car? No, it ain't happening that way. And then you got to take this faith walk and pay for this car. The test is not always going to come back the same. Be so close to God that you're willing to make a sacrifice for him. For him. For him. My God, Holy Spirit. Yes, mom, will you pass the test? Will you pass the test? My God, yes, sis. Will you pass the test? Will we pass the test? Number two, we're talking about how do we touch God? Number two, praise and worship. Praise and worship. Praise and worship. Let's go to Psalms 89. Verse fifteen through eighteen, times eighty nine. I pray that everybody's been getting something from this tonight, and that is opening your eyes to, to truly see where where God is leading for us to go in the season. Listen, cause our God has already been getting on me. Listen, <laughs> I'm just the messenger. Don't think that He ain't get on my case, cause He definitely did trust so psalms 89 verse 15 through 18 in a new living translation it says happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship for they will walk in the light of your presence lord they rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation they exalt in your righteousness you are their glorious strength it pleases you to make us strong yes our protection comes from the lord and he the holy one of israel has given us our king praising god exalting him praise them before it happens praise confuses the enemy in the midst of the storm in the midst of everything happening bad around you praise praise god because what the enemy wants to do and what the enemy wants to do is that cause certain things to happen in our lives to cause us to get off focus of what God has already promised us because we already established already that God's promises are yes and amen. What does amen mean again? So let it be. God says my promises are so is yes and so let it be done. Enemy wants to confuse us. He wants us to get off focus on what God has already said is going to come to pass and we're focused on the tangible things we will get our minds off of the intangible things and then it won't even come to pass to be manifested huh my god so we got to praise cuz praise confuses the enemy he like wait a minute they still praising God, even though they, they sick in their body, even though they loved ones acting crazy, even though they got laid off on their job, even though they lost their house, even though they had to give up their car. They still praising God and in worship. Whew. Worship is intimacy with God. There is nothing like worship. Worship is intimacy, God, with God getting before him and just lifting up your hands and just adoration and just saying, oh rabbi, bowing down before him. Offering, did you know that offering is worship? When you give, that's a part of worship. Dance is a part of worship. Singing, part of worship. Drawing, did you know that art can be part of worship? Man, I went to this, um Salmon's Ring. This was about, man, four years ago. Went to uh, her concert. It was her album release party. And I was just blown away. Just prophetic minstrels and prophetic um, artists, and just as she was singing whatever song God placed on her heart, and then the prophetic artist just begins to draw as she was singing the song that they didn't plan under these songs. Everything that is on this woman of God's album, they did not plan, they were led by the Holy Spirit. The lyrics, the melody was given to them that day, that day. How surrendered do you have to be for you to say, could you imagine, (laughs) could you imagine saying, I'm going to write a book or no better, better yet. say, I'm going to, my book is going to come out on random day on uh, September 30th. Of this year. You ain't write not one book, not one page. You ain't write nothing down. But God tells you, write it that day and release it. You want sold copies. You you got the everything, all of this, all this already done. But you don't even know what's gonna be in it. God may have got given you a title. And that was it. And you write it that day. Cause you imagine the kind of faith you have to have? You don't know how it's going to sound. You don't know none of that. The kind of results you're going to receive back. But you believe in what? Oh, uh, the unseen, right? The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. Because only God will tell you to do something as crazy as that. <laughs> like, write a book the same day and say, all right, release. Like what, God? Are you serious? He's like, yeah. And watch me do it and watch me make it happen. Do you believe that it can be done? That's the kind of crazy faith God wants us to have. This is what God's love language is about, that as we get to know God, we can experience the fullness of who he is. We have not even tapped into the fullness of God, y'all. Why have we not tapped into that yet? Because we don't truly understand who God is. We don't truly understand God's love, and we can't reciprocate it because we don't understand how God gives it. And when we truly tap in and to what God is, because God is love, then we can reciprocate it. When we restart, oh, could you imagine, God has blessed us with some awesome things with us not even having, understanding the fullness of, of who he is. Could you imagine what God is gonna do for us when we truly tap into the fullness of who he is and truly reciprocate everything God has already given us and reciprocate that thing those things back to him? My God, could you just imagine? That's what God wants us to do. That's what God wants to do. Praise and worship. Praise confuses the enemy. Worship is the intimacy that we have with God. Don't limit. Don't limit how you show communication with God. Let it come from your heart. You might say, oh, well, I'm not a dancer. Okay, maybe you're a psalmist. Maybe you're a poet. Maybe you love to, just love to give. There's a part of worship. Whatever gifts you have, give it to him. Give it to him and say, Lord, how do you want me to use my gifts? Because whatever God, whatever gifts God has given you, that is also will be another way that you can show God and give God worship. Give him what he deserves. Give God what he deserves. Whew, my Lord, hallelujah. Next point, how do we touch God? Thanking God, thanking God, thanksgiving, thanksgiving. Whew, thanksgiving. Praise is like lifting it up. And then worship giving intimacy. And to start thanking God before it even happens. Say, Lord, I thank you for the house. Lord, I thank you for my healing. Lord, I thank you, God, for my for the salvation for my family. Lord, I thank you, God, for deliverance for my family. Lord God, I thank you that I'm the head and not the tail. Start speaking life. When you start speaking that thing, you start thanking God before it even happens because it all ties back to faith. the woman with the issue of blood, Jairus' daughter and the two blind men, they would have never received that miracle, those miracle signs and wonders in their lives had they not been desperate, had they had not had the faith that they had and believed even when they didn't see it happening. They believed. They believed it could happen. They had hope. They had hope y'all they had hope this son of this son of god this messiah that has been walking this earth i know he did it because it's, it's easy for us to say man he did it for them but i don't think he can do it for me Cause then you start looking at yourself and like, man, I, I, I know my outer appearance doesn't look right. I don't come from the same cloth as he does, and you know, and maybe that person deserves it before I do. And you start all these nonsense and all these negative thoughts start popping in your head of why you shouldn't receive it, and then you talk yourself out of you say, and God is saying all of the reasons why you think you shouldn't receive. Is all the reasons why you should. Because if you were perfect, if you were perfect, if you you had the qualifications, if you had all the money, if you had all the resources, then why would you need God? Then why would you need Jesus? He said, the fact that you need me Makes you qualified to receive from me. Makes you qualified to receive your healing. Makes you qualified to receive your deliverance you need. Because if if you could heal yourself, then you would have already done it already. If you can provide for yourself, then you would have already done it already. If you can make your loved ones accept Jesus Christ, then you would have already done it already. We need God. We are nothing. We are nothing without him. And sometimes we have put ourselves in a position without even knowing it, that when we get in a certain position, we think that we good. We get so so comfortable where we at, we get to start making a certain amount of money. We like, now I'm good where I'm at. Get comfortable. We have to thank God we have to thank God before it even happens. Before it even happens, because the enemy wants to be sitting here like you sitting up here thinking, God, he's going to be talking smack the whole time. Don't pay him no mind. I thank God for it. I thank you, Lord, that it's already happened and It's already done. Cause why you thinking God? God is giving you the blueprint. Why are you thinking God? God is letting you give you the direction. Why are you thinking God? God is giving you the plan to pay off your debt. Why are you thinking God? God is giving telling you when to pray, when, when when to pray for your loved ones, when to pray for the uh certain people in your family, or pray for for your friends, or pray for your community. God is giving you the plans in the midst of you thinking Him. Why? Because you have crazy faith. And you're desperate for change. You're desperate for things to happen. It's not going to happen. Faith without works is dead. It's not going to happen when you just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. You gotta put in the work, cause God already did His part. He already did it. He waiting on us. He waiting on us. Philippians four. Hi, Mama T. Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. And it says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, is yours. God first says, Don't be anxious or be worried. Because the opposite of faith is doubt. <laughs> the opposite of trust is worry. You can't say, God, I believe, and start doubting him. It's either you believe or you don't. And God says, do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, everything, don't pick and choose what things, but everything, and every circumstance, every situation, by prayer, your communication with God, and petition, that's your request, with thanksgiving. So you don't just make your request to God and just say, "All right." and just sit down and just be like, "All right, I'm good. I'm just going to sit here and wait for it to be happen." No. You got to give God thanks. You make your petition known and then you seal it up. You go to God in prayer, communicate with God, make your petition known unto him, and you then after you make your petition known, say, "Lord, I thank you, God, that it's already done." Lord God, I thank you because thanking him is letting him know, God, I have faith. God, even though it didn't come to pass tangibly, God already know that in the spirit realm, behind the scenes, God, you are already working things out to work in my favor. So, God, I thank you because you're a healer. God, I thank you, you're a deliverer. God, I thank you that you're my strong tower. God, I thank you that you're my protector. God, I thank you that you are my provider. God, I thank you that you are the way maker. God, I thank you, God, that you are the world changer. God, I thank you. Thank you, God, that your, your promises are yes and amen. So God, I will wait. But while I wait, whew, I thank you because it's already done. And I'm going to do as you instruct me to do to ensure that I am in a position to receive. That I am in a position to receive. Because sitting here with your hands, twiddling your thumbs, that's not in a position to receive. You're able to receive. Why? Because you are prepared and you are equipped. How do you become equipped? By following the directions of God. How do you get directions from God? By having communication with God. What is our communication with God? Prayer. You see how it all ties in together? How it all ties in together, how we talked about prayer, how we talked about praise and worship, how we said, thanking God. Our last one, all tying in together. Number four, obeying God. Obeying, having obedience, being obedient to God is so necessary. You gotta have faith to be obedient to God, cause I'm telling you, God will have you doing some crazy things. To the human eye, it look crazy. It look crazy. I mean, if you read God's word, he had them doing some crazy stuff and he'd be having us doing some crazy stuff too. Like God says, do you believe? Are you willing to look silly? Are you willing to sound crazy? Are you willing? Because everybody else is like, yo, like you want to sit up here and wait. All you got to do is hustle and you can get that money. You want to sit here and wait for your, for your, for your future spouse. When you got all these people lined up, to marry you, but are they God's will? Are they God's best for you? You gotta be obedient. We have to be obedient. Oh my God, my God! Let's go to Deuteronomy. Let's wrap this thing up. Deuteronomy twenty-eight. Verse one through eight, Amplified Version. Title is Blessings at Gerizim. It says, verse one, it says, Now it shall be, if you diligently listen to and and obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all of his commandments, which I am commanding you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you pay attention to what? The voice of the Lord, your God. Verse three says, you will be blessed in the city and you will be blessed in the field. And you think of that song. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the field. That's my song. Anyway, keep going. Verse four says, The offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your animals, the offspring of your herd and the young of your flock will be blessed. Your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and you will be blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way, but flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your storehouses and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. My God. So you see all these things that God blessed the people of God with. Why? Because they obeyed the voice. They listened to the voice of God because you can listen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You can listen to God's voice, but you don't always obey God's voice. We can listen to our parents, but a lot of times we don't always obey them. So listening is the first step, but actually obeying what God tells us to do is what's important. Obey God's commandments, obey the God's directions. What is God leading you to do? And don't try to change his God's directions to be uh, beneficial to yourself and try to change it up. God told you to do it, you know, do it immediately, but you're like, "Uh, I'm gonna give it another week or two. When I when I'm uh, when I get this other thing, I am trying to go to this event, so uh, I don't think I can, you know, go be a blessing to those that are in need right now because I'm trying to do something else. You're missing out on your blessing because you don't want to be obedient. You don't want to make the sacrifice. What's more important? Put your priorities in order. Put your priorities in order. So it's important that we are obedient to God. All of these things, all of these intangible things are all, all related to, together. Let's go over them again. How do we touch God? The intangible prayer. We communicate with God on a daily basis. And as you and a lot of some people may be saying, I don't, I, I don't pray, you know, for hour, I don't pray for listen, I tell you right now, four years ago, I was right where you are. I was a place in my life where I felt so disconnected from God. Where even five minutes was a stretch. So when I rededicated my life to God and I said, I said, Lord, I surrender five minutes. Turn to 10, turn to 15, turn to a half an hour, turn to an hour, and now it's times where I gotta, like, all right, man, Lord, I don't want to get out of your presence, but I gotta go to work. Like, I don't want to get out of God's presence. Like, Lord, God God be telling me, it's like, all right, daughter. You can talk to me later. He be telling me, like, listen, like you, you don't gotta, you know, stay here. Like, I, I he gives me what was necessary, he tells me what to pray for, and then after it's over, it's like, it's all right. I'm not going nowhere. He reminds me that it's, it's almost like you don't, you want to get out, out of his presence because you're like, man, I just can't get enough of your love. I just can't get enough of your peace. I just can't get enough of your joy. If I can just sit right here, but if it's your feet, oh God, I would stay here all day. But listen, we got jobs, we got bills to pay, we got ministry to do, we got people got family to take care of. God knows all of these things. So this is why God says, I'm omnipresent. I'm everywhere. So we don't have to, yes, that's that's wonderful. We have dedicated time to pray to God. But then it's also times where God is like, listen, just talk to me in the noonday. That means while you're cooking, you're talking to me. While you're washing dishes, you're talking to me. While you're teaching, you're talking to me. While you're on a job, you're talking to me. While you're taking care of the kids, you're talking to me. How are you talking to God? Your inward voice, your spirit man. Communication. The second one was praise and worship. Praise confuses the enemy. Worship is our intimacy with God. We won't be able to do neither one of those things if we don't have a relationship with God through communication, which is our prayer life, consistent prayer life. Number three, thanking God in advance before you even see those promises coming to pass. Thank God. Thank Him. Number four, obedience, obeying God. Be obedient to God. We won't be able to be obedient if we don't have a relationship with him. Because when we desire to be obedient to God, because we know, we have a desire to please him, a desire to please God. So make sure you take an account of those four things. Prayer, praise and worship, thanking God, and being obedient. These are where ways. Thank you, mommy. He <laughs> said I prayed for two hours. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I can now. <laughs> oh, man. But y'all, I I pray that everybody was blessed by this tonight. That th- this series has been blessing my life, and truly, God has been dealing with me. And I I pray that it's truly been a blessing to you. If it's been a blessing to you, please please share this live. Share it. Listen, I'm not about the numbers. I'm not about you know. I don't care six people watching right now. Like I'm not about that. It's about. Being obedient to God. Like, I'm doing this for the obedience. And I know it was at one point in time when I first started, I was like, oh man, like, I got a certain amount of these people watching, and da da And I was seeing how certain people were watching certain podcasts. But I'm at the point now where, as long as I'm obedient to God, as long as I'm speaking the messages that God wants me to speak, God has really transformed the way I teach, transformed, you know, this whole podcast and this whole platform. And I'm just following God. It's not about numbers. Whoever watches, watches. Whoever listens, listen. It was meant for you. So if you are blessed by this, share it. You're able, going to be able to listen to it tomorrow on um all of the podcast uh, platforms. If you want to follow this, um, this ministry. Oh, Lord Jesus, <laughs> ministry. Yes, all right, Lord. This ministry, if you want to follow this ministry, you can follow us on imperfectly perfect um, at I am imperfectly perfect incorporated and on Instagram at I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect. You can listen to this podcast on all platforms, all platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public. I mean, there's other ones out there that I didn't even know existed, but people are listening. So thank you, God, for choosing me to be a vessel. I'm I'm simply just God's humble vessel. And I'm amazed that he chose me for this, this position, this assignment. I'm, I'm in all of God. And every single time I come before you, I'm like, what am I going to say tonight? And I just say, Lord, have your way. Speak what you want to speak because this can't be done without him. So I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for it all. But before we end this podcast, I do want to make sure that I offer, that I offer the gift, offer the gift of salvation to someone, to someone who does not know Jesus Christ. And if you have been watching this podcast, you've been, and maybe you're listening feature, you don't know Jesus, and you've been looking for answers everywhere that you go. All your life, you've been looking for that answer and you have not reached it yet. But some, it's not by coincidence that you're watching. It's not by coincidence that you're listening. This is your lifeline. Jesus is the answer. He's the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you're trying to get to God, you have to go through him. You have to go through him. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for the redemption of our sins, to save us. We are a wretched people. We are sinful by nature. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. When you believe, when you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you confess it out of your mouth, you will be saved. So you want to make that this faith walk right now? Say this prayer of salvation with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner and I need you, Jesus, in my life. Jesus, I ask that you forgive me of all of my sins. Wash me and make me whole. Jesus, I believe in my heart and I'm confessing with my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. You were buried and you rose on the third day so that I could have life eternally. So thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for making me whole. Thank you, Jesus, for renewing my mind. I surrender my life to you. And I will serve you for the rest of my days. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer of salvation, welcome into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heaven is rejoicing for you. That's what y'all, if you said that prayer, this is your new birthday because that past life is behind you. Behold, all things are new before you. You are a new creature before God. God is forgiving you. Forgive yourself and move forward. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. One last call, the call of rededication. For those prodigal sons and daughters that have had a relationship with Jesus Christ at some point in time, this is the call for you to come back to him. You have tried over and over to try to do this by yourself. You tried you were disappointed you were let down you were abandoned people hurt you but god never will never leave you or forsake you he's been here the whole time waiting with open arms for you to come back home he sees your he sees your tears he hears your cries put your pride aside because maybe you've been wanting to come back but you just think that it's too late. But I'm telling you, you have breath in your body. If you're watching or if you're listening now, it's not too late. God says, come home. Come home. Tomorrow is not promise. Tomorrow is not promise. I mean, even a minute from now is not promise. So I encourage you to, to say this prayer rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus. I'm so sorry for turning my back on you. Jesus, I realized that I need you in my life. I realized that I am nothing without you. Jesus, yes, I've been hurt. Yes, I've been let down. But Jesus, you have never let me down. You have always remained the same. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me the way you do. So Jesus, I ask that you come back into my life and be my Lord and Savior once again. Renew my mind again. Wash me and make me whole again so that I can have a contrite heart. A contrite heart before you. Jesus, I thank you for giving me another chance to get it right. I surrender for real this time and I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus name I pray, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Forgive yourself, God is forgiving you. Whatever you did, let it go. Move forward, I encourage you, I encourage you to find a church home, whether you receive salvation or rededication, Find a church home where you can be shepherded, where you can receive sound wisdom, sound word of God, and be under a great fellowship that is going to lead you, lead you to so you can have a great relationship with God, and so that you can be uh, find out what your gifts are, find out more about God, and just develop a relationship with Him. I go to the River Church. My pastors are Pastor Tracy. And, um, and Pastor Charles Williams, they are my pastors. I love them so much, but the River Church is not for everybody. If you need help finding a church home, you can inbox me on Facebook at Trainee Sharp or on Imperfectly Perfect uh, um, Instagram page, which is I am underscore am Imperfectly Perfect on Instagram. So you can reach out to me any type of way that you need to. I make sure that I help you guys out. All right, guys. I love you so much. I pray that everybody was encouraged and um, uplifted. Continue, continue to keep me um, in prayer. Continue to keep me covered and lifted. Because, listen, speaking before you guys, it 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 is spiritual warfare. But you know, I am willing to uphold it all. But listen, I I thank you guys for your prayers. I thank you guys for your encouragement and for constantly. constantly um supporting this platform so i love you so much continue to be encouraged and be uplifted oh thank you so much sister ernestine thank you so much thank you Thank you, mommy. I think i seen seen, uh, oh, thank you, Courtney. Thank you so much. Melissa, thank you so much. This is definitely, it's definitely good to see all of the feedback that all of you guys have. It definitely is encouraging. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you, sis. Thank you, Mama T. I love you guys so much. I pray that God covers and keeps you, that God gives you sweet sleep. And if the enemy, if he tries you in the midnight, that God will just, um, keep you covered and we come against every mind-bottling spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you, Father God, that they are covered from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet in the mighty name of Jesus. Cover their families, cover their household in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that it's already done, God. We still this prayer, God, with praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, we love you, we love you. All right, guys, so I love you guys. I will see you guys next week. Until next time on a Perfectly Perfect perfect Live, I will see you guys later. Have a good night.